so often we can have a holiday, we can celebrate by having uh, grilling out, having brats and with buns and all the relish that goes along with that. But um, uh, Memorial Day was originally called Decoration Day. And it was actually a time that was set aside to honor those that were lost in the nation's civil war. Um, and they honored them by decorating their graves. It was widely observed. Actually, it was first observed on May 30th, 1868, uh, to commemorate the, sacrifice, the sacrifices of Civil War soldiers, actually by General John A. Logan of the Grand Army of the Republic, which was an organization of former uh, sailors and soldiers. Today, Memorial Day is at Arlington National Cemetery, where it's celebrated with a ceremony in which a small American flag is placed on each grave. It's customary for the president or vice president to give a speech honoring the contributions of our dead and lay a wreath on the tomb of the unknown soldier. And so not only do we uh, call to mind those that have given their lives for our freedom, but also for those who currently serve in the military services, armed forces. And so we're thankful. And for those that have family, that have sons and daughters that serve in the military, Uh, We stand with you in support of the role they serve in our nation. So God bless you and for all that give uh, of service to this great country of ours. And and, and today, with so many of our freedoms being challenged, uh, we have to stand up because there's an internal struggle and war that we're experiencing that's trying to undermine our Constitution, trying to undermine the freedoms that have been fought for, that people shed blood for. So we need to pray. I believe a, a great awakening, a great revival is, is the only hope for America when we see the direction it's going right now. Now last week, we talked about knowing his voice. And as I was praying and getting direction for this week, the phrase, follow the leader, just rose up in my spirit. Follow the leader. And the first thing that came to mind was this game that most of us may have played when we were growing up. How many of you played Follow the Leader? Amen. How many of you like to play it today? <laughs> Bring back some childhood memories, maybe. Um, we realize that uh, for those familiar with the game, it's one player who is the leader begins moving around with actions, and the rest of the players have to mimic those actions. You know, if they raise their right hand, then everyone raises their right hand. Everyone just follows suit. And if they walk that way, they follow and walk that way. They walk this way. Uh, so those players who disobey, however, or lag behind the leader's motions, they're out of the game. They get disqualified. And the last person standing actually becomes the new leader. And, and uh, it's fun to lead, right? It's fun to have that opportunity. But in in this case, with this game, the only way you can be a good leader or have the opportunity to lead is to be a good follower. And see, I believe that's understandable in the service of the kingdom of God. Some of us have a sense of leadership potential and leadership callings in our life. But those will never be fulfilled unless we can come to the place where we follow. We need to be a good follower before we can be a good leader. Can you say amen? And so uh, this morning, 
um, the, and we understand the objective of the game, a follow the leader, is to observe closely and use the power of imitation to follow to advance into the winner's circle. Now, Ephesians 5.1 tells us, be imitators of God as dear children. Be imitators of God. We need to imitate him. In other words, we need to follow our leader. The requirement of the game, you need at least four people, but more people make for more fun, right? And I found this on the internet, so I, so I did use the internet this past week, but it is about this game. I googled follow the leader game, okay? And this is what one of the things that came up. It says, kids love to play games. Now, they've been dismissed, but how many of you kids love to play games, okay? If you're still a kid at heart. Playing follow the leader games helps children understand how to listen and obey instructions the first time given. Okay, I like that. It's a fun way to connect with your children while teaching them a valuable lesson. Follow the leader games will help sharpen your child's ability to hear your voice. Listen to your instruction and obey your requests. There are few follow the leader games that are both fun and purposeful. There are a few. So, now, don't you see the parallel of, of this game and how significant that is when it comes to hearing God's voice, following his instructions, and, and, and doing what he wants you to do? So as a child, that game that we were taught has greater significance than what we may have realized. Can you say amen? amen. We know that following is important. But what is more important is who or what you are following. And so this morning, we want to uh, share John ten twenty seven, And I want you to read this with me together as we see it on the screen. John ten twenty seven says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now, the last several weeks, we've been focusing on the hearing my voice, but now we're going to shift to looking at this meaning of follow and, and focus on this element of following him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm thankful today for this opportunity to share with this congregation. I thank you for heaven's anointing that's released through the word of God that is spoken and declared. Thank you, Father, for stirring the hearts of this congregation, this body of believers, that they'll grow in the knowledge of your will and come to a place of total surrender where they follow you with all of their heart, all of their mind, all of their soul, and all of their strength. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise and glory and honor. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jay. Uh, Earl had a vision during praise and worship of of God showing him that the time is now to prepare, to prepare for his coming, to be made ready for his coming. Uh, I don't know if you want to maybe share a little bit about this, what you got just got in the Lord. Take a moment, uh, a brief moment, and do that, because I believe... It's going to uh, most likely flow. It's flowing with uh, what God wants to do today. So why don't you just take a moment and share. Um, it was just 
really intense. I was just worshiping, and and it was like heaven was open, and I was standing before the throne of God, and and His glory was shining all about. It was I could I couldn't stand, and as I bowed down, um, the Lord said, "Stand up and listen." And write down these words, and I and I wrote them down. But um, essentially, it was the time is near my coming. As soon I'm coming, are you ready? Are you finishing the work that I've given for you to do? It's my work that I've given to you. Are you ready? And so, you know, it it just convicted me. But I Amen. had to share it. Well, thank you for being obedient and. Uh, and sharing that with us this morning. Yeah, he's coming. We need to be about his business. We don't want to be involved in a bunch of junk when he shows up. We don't want to be taken by surprise. Because those that are prepared not only anticipate and welcome, but they look and they long for his coming. Wow. And when he comes... He has a work to be done in this earth, business to be carried out. And so we want to be about his business and prepare and make way for his coming. And in fact, John the Baptist, that was his calling. He prepared the way of the Lord. We in this generation are preparing for his return, for him to come, to establish his throne and his kingdom in this earth. Can you say amen? So as I said, today we want to focus on this element of follow in this verse. We had shared with you from John 10, verses 4 and 5, and I want to read this to you. This is from the Holman Christian Study Bible. It says, when he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. The reason they follow him is they recognize his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Now, I want to just take that phrase for a moment. You need to commit and determine in your heart that you will never follow the stranger, the strange voice, a voice you're not familiar with, a voice that's that's not in line with what God is speaking, voices that are contrary, voices that are conflicting, voices that are condemning, voices that are compromised. It goes on to say, instead they will run away from him. In other words, you just got to get away. I can't be around that. Because they don't recognize the voice of strangers. So a true disciple of Jesus Christ, a true follower of Jesus Christ, will not give recognition to the false voice, to the wrong voice. Wrong voices will deceive you. Wrong voices will mislead you. And we cannot subject ourselves to those voices, so we need to be sure we are in tune to the right voice, because otherwise we cannot follow. So who or what are you following? The Holy Spirit has been commissioned by the Father to actually serve in the leadership role in the life of every believer. The Holy Spirit is our leader. He gives us leadership. He provides the leadership we need to succeed. He provides the leadership we need in making decisions. He provides the leadership we need in ministering to our family, in ministering to others, in serving in his kingdom. 
We need to lean and depend upon his leadership. We shared with you John chapter 16, verse 13, which says, How be it, or however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all the truth, into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. So not only will he reveal what we need to know for now, but he'll reveal those things that we need to know for tomorrow. You prepare us for what's coming. I can remember one time when, um, in, uh, when we were in the process of actually selling a home. We're, how many of you have ever been in that process? And that's a process. Because and we had lived there 13 years. And when you collect 13 years of stuff, Amen. there's a lot of stuff. Amen. And I can remember walking in the basement, um, Brother Paul Joppe, and I, we worked, we built these shelves, these nice shelves. And it was like in the area in the basement where it was like on both ends. It was great for storage. And we had everything neatly stored away. And, and um, I can remember one time walking there and I heard the Lord say, start packing. Your house is going to sell. And that was in April of that year. And I ignored that for months. And I thought, well, and it, you know. And then when our house did sell, I realized when everything happened so fast from the time that we actually, uh, you know, sold the home and closed, it was only, what, six weeks? And part of that, we had a ministry trip and time away. So uh, we had to do everything in a short time. So there were days I got two hours of sleep a night. Just and, and, you know, and mom, I, she was so great. She came out. She was packing things up and, and, and working. But it was just like pressure was on. And the Lord reminded me that he had spoken to me a few months earlier. And if I would have started boxing things up and taking that word, then it would have been a whole lot less stressful for me. So sometimes we bring things upon ourselves because we fail to hear and follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. You might say, well, would the Holy Spirit, you know, lead you in those areas? Well, yes. Now, I'm not saying the Holy Spirit necessarily has to uh, lead you of what color socks to put on in the morning. Just make sure they match. Now, in this day and age, I can remember the first time Mackenzie, uh, we were going out to school and she had two different color socks on. And immediately I point out to Mackenzie, your socks don't match. And she said, I know. I mean, she didn't quite say it like that, but she got a little irritated. And she said, Dad, that's in style. I said, since when? And says, who? I mean, this is crazy. But you know what? I love it. Because, you know, some of those jobs that kind of fall on dad sometimes, it's the mismatched sock bin. We have this basket where if we can't find the match, it goes in that basket. It's a round basket. And that thing just kept filling up and filling up. And when I would get some spare time, I'd go through that basket, I'd match up socks with nothing better to do, you know? That's what I... (laughs) And so now I don't have to do that. Now, if you see me with two different color socks, please point it out. It, I may have dressed in the dark that morning. but um, Or I could just say, well, 
you know, two different colors. I should have did that for illustration's sake this morning. Two different colored socks. Well, I have another pair just like it at home. Okay. <laughs> Amen. All right. Being led of the Spirit. And I, I made this statement last week. I want to share it again because we want to go into this a little deeper. Being led by the Spirit involves more than just hearing from God. It produces a lifestyle that's godly, a lifestyle that progressively puts to death the sinful appetites of the flesh and allows us to live life as God intended. Galatians 5.16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, under the influence of the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. When we're under the influence of the Spirit and we follow that influence, We won't give way to what the flesh wants. And let me tell you something. The flesh is forever and constantly contending to have a say in your life. The flesh sometimes demands you to give in to what it wants. But the only way we can conquer the flesh, the only way we can overcome the flesh is when we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's power is greater than the power of our flesh. But the problem we have is we yield to the flesh rather than the Spirit. And the moment you yield to the flesh, it gains control. And then you think, oh, you, you begin to live life in a, at a level that's not pleasing to God. You compromise, you sin, you get messed up. And we don't need to get messed up. We need to get cleaned up, right? It's only when we're submitted to his influence and allow him dominion over our life that we can successfully overcome the fleshly nature. To be led by the Spirit is important. So important. And we mentioned last week to be led by the Spirit, you have to be filled with the Spirit. So if if that hasn't happened yet, Today is your day to be filled with the Spirit. To receive that power from on high. So that you can overcome the flesh. Okay? Young people, are you listening? Uh, this, This message is especially for young people. Because I can remember, I was young once, still am. I have to, I have to qualify that. But, you know, and I was a Christian, I, a believer, but I didn't have a lot of other believers around me that I could connect with. In a way, I was kind of on my own. I can remember there was one guy in school, but he was really religious. But I respected him. His first name was Dennis. And, you know, I, I can remember I knew I could talk to Dennis and count on him because he was going to be cool. But uh, he wasn't necessarily a radical Christian. He was very conservative. I was more radical. Because I would take my Bible to school and I'd plunk it on the desk. People would look at me weird. I didn't care. That's my Bible. But this is a public school. So? Doesn't matter. And um, still kind of radical. <laughs> is it good to be radical or not? Yeah, if you're too passive, you're not going to sway the hearts of men. You're not going to be too convincing to others. So there's, uh, there's, I love sometimes that radical edge, but thank God for Pastor Deb, she can balance that out sometimes. She'll say, honey, because I'll, you know, want to post something on Facebook and I say, you better look at this. All right, don't post that. (laughs) Okay. 
All right, well, let's, let's move on. Yeah. Holy Ghost sanctified radical life. Amen? That's what we need. Okay. <laughs> Decide today. I mean, make a decision today to live the Spirit-led life. There's great security in knowing that we are led by the Spirit and He is in control. You can have that great place of security. Look, look at me. Look with me at Luke 19. Look at me. Yeah, look at me. <laughs> look at me. <laughs> I can remember. I remember I used to say that to my mom. Look, mom, no hands. Riding the bike to she'd freak out. No, don't do that. Next thing. Oh no, what did you do? Well, I should have listened, mom. The problem with wiping out and a bicycle on a gravel road <laughs> is that gravel really hurts. I mean, you come home bloody, scraped up, and then mom's picking the gravel out of the flesh, you know. Not, not fun, gang. Remember those days, mom? Yeah. <laughs> Just the things you didn't see. That would have really been... <laughs> Oh, man. God protected you from that, though. Mm-hmm. Luke nine fifty seven. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. Now, we could look at the context of this. I'm going to just kind of paraphrase what happened in the context of this setting. This man, you know, I'll follow you wherever you go. He's ready to make this commitment, this serious commitment, which is good. But you know, Jesus right away comes back and said, okay, I don't have anywhere to lay my head. So why do you want to follow me? In fact, he was almost trying to talk him out of really following Jesus. But what he was doing, he was challenging him. Are you really serious about following me? Because if you're really serious about following me, it's going to mean you're going to sacrifice some things. You're going to have to give up some things. It's not going to be easy to follow me. And I think Isaiah Sullivan made that very clear. It's not easy to follow Jesus because you've got to make decisions. You've got to make choices that are hard. And sometimes you may lose friends. Sometimes you may offend people. Now, don't purposely offend people. But there's times when we make decisions and people will be offended. In John chapter 12, verse 26, Jesus says this. It says, if anyone serves me. Now, how many of you would say you serve him? Is it possible that you can serve him without following him? Yeah, because you go through the motions. And people think they're serving God. But this is, look at what he says. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. Okay, if you say you serve me, then you better follow. You need to follow. Let him follow me. Now notice what it says, and where I am, there my servant will also be. If anyone serves me, my father will honor him. In other words, you want the presence of God in your life, then follow him. I want the presence of God. I want to be where he is. I want to be where he is. Hallelujah. So, now there's an option that you have in the Christian life. I'm going to give you two options this morning. If you would look with me, if 
fact, turn there in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. And as we read this passage, we want to consider what option you're choosing in your Christian life. What option are you choosing in your Christian life? Romans 8, verse 5. It says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be commonly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life in peace. So this is talking about your mindset. Have you ever heard that expression, mindset? What's your mindset? Mindset can refer to your perspective. Mindset can refer to your position on an on a issue, on a subject. Mindset is where you establish your focus, your focal point. The mindset on the flesh is death. Anytime we give into the flesh, the, the outcome is death. Now, what does death refer to there? Well, death means separation. Death means decay. Death means corruption. Death can be prevented. It can, it can it mean a lot of things. It means separation. It means alienation. It's taking the wrong side. I want to be on the right side. I want to be on God's side. I tell you, when Moses came down from the mountain and he saw what the people of children of Israel were doing, he had the tablets in his anger. He threw them down and smashed them at the bottom of the mountain. But he, he by the Spirit of God, called the separation. Who's for God and who's not? I tell you, I, I want to be on God's side in those moments, don't you? Because when the judgment came, you know, it wasn't a pretty scene. Okay? So let's look at let's look at this mindset thing. The option of being actually Hallelujah, I lost my place. Oh, I'm there. The option of being led by the Spirit will bring you into active participation of the ministry of Jesus Christ. Because God never intended for you to just be a spectator. He intended for you to be a participant, to participate. Instead of spectate, we need to participate. See, many believers live their Christian life as a spectator because they haven't established their mindset on the things of the Spirit. The scripture says in Romans, as we see here, the mindset on the spirit is life and peace, to be spiritually minded. Other translation says, when the mindset is, on, is set on the spirit, the result is life and peace. Let's not compromise our life and peace with the wrong mindset. Okay, so uh, right now, take a pause and determine your mindset. For those of you that are willing to set your mind on the Spirit, repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I make a determination, a quality decision to set my mind on the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, the outcome in my life will be life and peace because my mind is set on the Spirit. And not on the flesh. Amen. Now, now let me just say this. There are times where you will make decisions in determining your mindset. When there's temptation. 
when there's a situation, when there's a circumstance, you need to establish a mindset. Am I going to set my mind on the fleshly side of this, or am I going to set my mind on the spiritual side of this, the Spirit of God, and find out what does He want me to do? Because the outcome is clear. Life and peace versus death. Now, are you willing to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit? Okay. His leadership brings you into a place of serving. Oh. He leads us in service to others. He leads us to serve others. And so I want to address that in a sense because as we follow his lead, we realize that Jesus led by example, right? And what did he do? He demonstrated leadership through serving others. And so if we turn to Luke chapter 22, we want to look at the passage there, starting at verse 24. Luke 22, starting at verse 24, it says, And there arose also a dispute among them as to which one of them was regarded to be the greatest. Think about this, these disciples, they're starting to compare themselves. Who's greater? Who's better? Oh, I can sing better than so-and-so. Oh, I can ush better than this usher. I can greet better than that greeter. I can speak better. And, you know, I'm, you know we, we measure ourselves, we compare ourselves, but they're disputing amongst themselves. Who's the greatest? Oh, man. Too bad Jesus happened to hear their conversation. Oh, okay. <laughs> And he said to them, the kings of the Gentile lorded over them, and those who have authority over them are called benefactors. Okay? Then what does he say in verse 26? But not so among you. In other words, Jesus is saying, okay, if you want to be the greatest, you measure greatness as having this authority, having this power over others maybe having influence, maybe having control over others, that's what you see as as being great. But he says, but not so with you, verse 26, but let him who is the greatest among you become as the youngest and the leader as the servant. For who is greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? It is not the one who reclines at the table but I am among you as the one who serves. Wow. See, Jesus introduced the concept of servant leadership in the earth. Unlike the concept or mentality that the world has where people in leadership are those who are in superior positions as a chief or ruler. Those who exercise dominion and authority over others is the world's concept of of, of leadership and greatness. But this concept, this idea comes straight from the Bible. Jesus demonstrated servant leadership. You want to be great in the kingdom of God? Then you need to be willing to serve. Because your greatness in the kingdom is measured by your servanthood. And so that's, that's a challenge to you. And, and if, because if we're going to follow Jesus... It's going to come to that. It's going to come to a place where you're serving. Serving him, serving his people. See, many people want to serve God, but only as advisors. You know, ever notice that? 
we want to bring this service to a close at this time. And something that uh, we received a couple of weeks ago, we were at administrative prayer. And um, as we were praying, the word of the Lord came to me. And I shared it with them. And I thought, I'll share it with you this morning. Because some of you may be in a place where your life situation seems to be complex. And what, what came to me is, is the word simplify the complex. God wants to bring simplicity into our complexity. See, life for many of us may have become complex with this happening, that happening. It, everything can be so overwhelming and confusing. But God has an answer that will simplify our complexity. See, there's no problem that's too great that doesn't have a simple answer. You might say, well, I don't know about my situation. But receive this morning this word. God wants to bring simplicity into your complexity. Your life doesn't have to be so difficult. God has a simple solution for you. And we're going to pray for that today. And for those of you, I, and, and this many times can fit right along with dysfunction. We have dysfunction in our lives that needs to be addressed. And because dysfunction sometimes can be so deep-rooted, very often your dysfunction becomes the normality of things, that this is normal life, when really your normal is a dysfunctional life. But God is wanting to bring his normal to your life to address your dysfunction. Can you say amen? Amen. I want you to stand this morning, and if Jay and the worship team can come to the, to the uh, platform, and we're going to take just a few minutes and, and pray, but I want to challenge anyone this morning that has not made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. The person or people that have not surrendered to him. The most important thing that we need to know is that God loves you and has a plan for you. Amen? You need to know God. You need to know his love. You need to know his plan. I I like what Rick shared this morning about the love of God and when he shared having a revelation of the love of God is so important because we so often can have a self-hatred And that self-hatred many times is fueled because of the mistakes we've made. And we get on our case, we can be so... In fact, many times we are our own worst critic. That's why many of you can't even receive a compliment. You do something and somebody compliments you and say, oh, it was nothing. No, it wasn't nothing. You can't receive that compliment because of how you view yourself. You have a self-hatred. The opposite of that is a self-love, and you're just full of eagle and pride, and, and that's on the opposite end of the spectrum. But there's a place that God wants you to be where you experience and know and understand His great love for you, a love that never fails, a love that never gives up, a love that can help you to deal with every crisis, any situation that comes. Hallelujah. 
Jesus was sent to this earth to die for our sins. We know that. But we can never talk about it enough. He paid the price. As we make him the Lord of our life, that changes things. It shifts things. It requires repentance. You know what it means to repent? It's not just saying that you're sorry, but it's changing. It's changing. It's turning from Satan to God. It's turning from darkness to light. It's turning from wrong to right. It's turning from being a liar to somebody who tells the truth. It's changing. To just say you're saved and your life doesn't change, there's something missing, there's something wrong, there's something lacking. God wants you to change and be transformed by his power. That's proof that his hand is on you. That's proof that he is truly your Lord. You can't serve God without obeying his voice. Are you willing to obey his voice? Are you willing to follow him? In Joshua 24, 24, and you will, when you come to our house, you see this engraved in stone in the front of our house. And it says, And the people said to Joshua, The Lord our God, we will serve, and his voice we will obey. Hallelujah. Are you willing to follow the leader this morning? Are you willing to not see it as a game, but to make it a life mission? That I'm going to follow the leader. I'm going to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to follow Jesus with all my heart. Now, I'm, I'm speaking not just to people that may not know God. I'm speaking to every believer here. Are you willing to really follow the leader and not play games? I want you to bow your heads this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray for this congregation. And I'm challenging them this morning to follow you like never before. To make a fresh determination in their heart. To follow the Lordship of Jesus Christ. To follow the leadership of your Holy Spirit. Which will cause them to come to a place of surrender. A place of service. A place of obedience. In the name of Jesus. Father, let there be a determination made in this place today among your people that we will be as those who, who addressed, were addressed in the day of Joshua and said, the Lord our God we will serve. The Lord our God we will serve and his voice we will obey. Thank you, Jesus. Oh God, we give you praise. Hallelujah. How many of you would lift your hand and say, I'm ready to follow. I'm ready to follow and make that determination today, to make that commitment today. Now, Peter made that decision, and guess what happened? He denied Christ. So he messed up. Big time he messed up. To the point where he even cursed and said, I don't know the man. Did he mess up? Yeah, he messed up. Do you think you might just mess up? Is there a chance of it happening? There's a chance of it happening. But don't let that stop you. Peter didn't let that mess up stop him from following Jesus. He got up, brushed the dust off of himself, 
And he determined, I'm going to follow Jesus. And he went on to do great things for him. So you may have messed up, but you're not washed up, okay? You can get up and follow him again. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Lift both your hands. And repeat after me, Father God, I choose to follow you today. I may have messed up, and I may mess up again, but I'm determined to follow you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now personalize it in your own heart. Personalize it to God. Talk to him from your heart, from your spirit. Talk to him. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to cleanse your heart. Let his blood wash over you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want you, as the worship team begins to play, just if you sense you need to come up and receive prayer, just do it. Do it. Come up for any reason. Maybe say, I'm, I'm determined I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm making a fresh commitment to follow him today. I don't care if you've been with, walking with God for 50 years or two, two minutes. Just make your way to the front, and God's going to meet you here. I believe he's going to meet you here. Anyone wants to, just come on out. Renew your commitment to him. Thank you, Jesus. Let's begin this summer with a fresh determination. We're going to follow the Lord. We're not going to just take vacation on the kingdom, okay? We're not going to just check out because it's so nice outside and we need to enjoy the weather. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead, team. Hallelujah. Just worship him right now. And I want pastoral care leaders to come up behind these and begin to lay your hands on them. Thank you, Jesus.
heaven.
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We want to take a moment, and if anyone else needs prayer, we're going to have the pastoral care leaders available to minister to you. But thank you for staying on and and joining in, in faith with us for those that did receive prayer. I trust that you were blessed by the word of God. I want to dismiss you in the prayer as you go. Father, we thank you for the privilege to follow you. We thank you for the words Jesus said, those who follow me will have the light of life. Thank you for the light of life that we can walk in, 
that we don't have to walk in darkness anymore, but we can walk in the truth. Thank you, Jesus, for going before even this week, preparing our way, for using us to touch this world, to make a difference, to make an impact. In Jesus' name, and everyone in agreement says amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for coming. You be blessed. You pray for us. We'll be praying for you guys. You are dismissed. You have a wonderful day. God bless you. presence fill this place.